0: Been switched on a nigga. Since got sick on nigga. Shit been switched on a nigga. Ain't been the same since, boy nigga. Don't expect to come for I'm no longer.
1: welcome back to block channel we're back for episode 40 we're officially over the hill that's really exciting i'm really pumped about that Uh, excited to be back again here for another episode hopefully you guys have been tagging along this season as we've been learning um more about uh the the crypto space as it continues to mature and unfold and this will be the last episode for this particular season that being said uh i'm joined today by two co-hosts yet again and so if you were with us on our last episode, uh, we were blessed by Erica Amatori of bitdaily.com and thankfully she's back again. We didn't scare her away. That's great news. <laughs> um, and so, so I'm here with uh, her today, and I'm here with Dimitri. Um, You know, you guys know Dimitrik, You've been around by this point. Um, so uh, uh, Dimitrik, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah.
0: D, from the Bitcoin Podcast, coming at another episode of the Block Channel. You guys know me. I've been here episode 40 is surprising to hear almost we've been doing this a while so good to be back let's do time, it again time.
1: time really does fly and then of course we're joined by our new guest co-host which i guess guest co-host doesn't even look proper a probe turn she's just co-host like let's be real there's there <sighs> she's here she likes it she she, she is, she's having a good time so erica can you just go ahead and introduce uh, yourself to the audience please
2: yeah yeah hey block channel this is erica from the bit uh coming to you live from new york city
1: Ooh, the bit! I like that. I like that. We don't say the bit daily. We just say the bit, like, or we don't say TBD, or like.
2: <laughs> I like TBD. I mean, TBD. I say the bit, but um, the bit.com was an expensive domain, so it is thebitdaily.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's
1: honest. I like saying TBD though.
2: Yeah,
1: um, it's catchy. You know. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're joined today by uh, a new world-famous superstar. Uh, which I'm very excited to have him on the show. He's actually uh, here in the studio, a.k.a. here in my extra bedroom, my apartment, a.k.a. Amit Soleimani, founder of Spank Chain's previous room. And uh, we're hanging out, and uh, he was just recently, Mason Borda and his company, Tokensaw were just recently featured in Coindesk um, for their company for uh, securitized uh, ICO and kind of like white label um, uh, management and assistance with um, the ICO process. Uh, which is really exciting definitely something we need right now, but we're gonna save um, uh, Save it for Mason to give us uh, the full story there But so I guess we'll go ahead and get this started Mason. Uh, can you just give us um, a backgrounder on your pedigree? Uh, how long you've been in the space you are a Bitcoin OG? So um, feel free to flex a little bit and just like, kind of like just tell us your backstory.
3: Awesome. Well, well, thanks so so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here um, so so yeah I, I guess before before like all this uh, blockchain stuff I, I was working on the uh, the uh, Wi-Fi chips for the for the MacBooks so I, I came from the, the world of, of hardware um, and uh, yeah so me, me and my friend were looking to do something in, in the world of, of payments and so the the first project that I started doing in late 2013 2014 was a uh, dollar-based blockchain uh, so we're we took a look at Bitcoin, decided you know, it wasn't going to work, it was too slow, volatile. So um, th- that was the first project I did. So we basically uh, forked Litecoin and then was was going to peg it to a, a pool of dollars. And then it had an integration with the ACH network and the Venmo network. Uh, we did that for about a year, built built it all out, built up all the infrastructure. Back then there were no wallets for, for Litecoin, so I had to build those from scratch. And, uh we went to do a legal review and, and what we learned was that that it was illegal to do that without a money transmitter license so um we we wrapped that up and then uh <laughs> don't you hate when that happens <laughs> i hate when i'm doing something i'm like shit i need a money transmitter license uh, the the world is where you can uh, learn regulations the hard way um and so uh ended up at Bitco was was there soon after for for uh was there for a couple years and uh while I was there, I got to do some some interesting things. I got to set up uh, the wallet for for uh, the first ICO after the Ethereum launch, the, the Augur ICO. Um, and uh, it was, I think, April of 2016, got to uh, launch the, the first Ethereum multi-sig web wallet. Um, that, was, that was still, like, fairly early. Um, and that was right before the, the, the DAO thing happened. Um, and... Uh, after that, while at BitGo, um, we were working on something called RMG Chain for the Royal Mint of England. So I got to do the, the cold storage wallets for, for, for that project. Um, and then uh, after that, I uh, started a blockchain R&D firm that was backed by uh, insurance companies. Um, and. Um, so did that for bits and then the, uh, the ICO stuff started getting a little bit serious. Uh, this summer, uh, we saw, um, more established people looking to do ICOs. Uh, we saw the, uh, blockchain capital ICO. Uh, we saw the civic ICO, um, and at the same time we saw big law firms, uh, enter the space. and. Um, so previously, it, w- it was mainly just Perkins Coie that was in the space, and uh, Marco from from Pillsbury. Um, but we saw companies, or sorry, we saw law firms like uh, Wilson Cincini, DLA Piper, um, and and Cooley enter the space. Um, and so there there were a couple positive indicators there um, for the space. Previous to that, um, I, I didn't really believe in ICOs or pickup on on. Uh, you know, where this was really going. Um, But, you know, as of the summer, we saw established players enter the space and uh, we took a look around. We saw how these sales were being run and at the time we were looking for something to do. So uh yeah we we decided to build a basically a, a infrastructure company for for icos and 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 that's what we do so our company now tokensoft uh helps people hold on hold on. we're gonna uh, get there we're uh, gonna get there uh, uh, we get there hold on hold on hold on we gotta that's that's the next question so
1: so let's start about um just like just like quickly so you um you're working on a basically almost a fork of uh bitcoin with some other like unique features like seemed like you were trying to like kind of build a stable coin very early on with the tool sets that you had you you bounced around you were, you previously worked on hardware and then you went to um you know Bitgo. you worked on all your really cool projects etherly that's your multi-state project you mentioned right yeah. um so like you've done a lot of really awesome stuff so you know it's it's i, I kind of just wanted to just quickly point out that through all that experience, you still, you ended up here in the world of, uh, of tokens. <laughs> if that says anything about kind of like where this uh, industry is going and how it like continues to progress, especially for uh, key, key players that have been in the space for um, kind of quite a while. So just something to um, consider um, next time someone throws around terminologies like uh, uh, alt coins or kind of, you know, uh, this one particular chain as a maximalist will like rule all, um, it says a lot about where the talent uh, flows, ebbs, and flows from. Um, but, but to that regard, uh, we'll, we'll move on. Kind of the next part of where you were getting at, which was um, about TokenSoft itself. So, Dimitri or Erica, do you want to let's let's ask let's ask uh, Mason on uh, more information about what he's done.
2: What I <laughs> from what I understand, TokenSoft is a white label token sale platform, right? Um, And I might be taking the words out of your mouth here, (laughs) but you can definitely describe it better than I can. But um, running stable and compliant token sales, uh, you guys do startups, enterprises, funds, investment banks. I'm pretty curious to know um, how the services differ between these uh, four company sizes and if, if it does even.
3: Um, yeah, and I, I mean be, because we we sort of focused on compliance and doing these uh, the right way uh, with with the you know regulations that are out there uh, within the context of ICOs today, um, we found that you know we have the opportunity to work with a wider range of players. Um, so we started out with the startups, then we started getting enterprise coming enterprises coming to us uh, looking to do these token sales, um, and then with the um, the investment banks and broker dealers. So that product is a little bit different. So, um, what we, what we typically do is imagine that one of these companies has their, uh, their marketing page. That's maybe, you know, talking a little bit about their company and what they're doing. Um, and let's say there's a button in the corner that says, you know, pre-register for the sale or I join the token sale. So, Ah, uh, they click into that and that comes into our our platform where we take them through the KYC AML, the investor accreditation, the legal terms, we um, and and receive the payment. Um, and so with the um, investment bank and banks and broker dealers, they're 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 looking for more of a they like the concept of sort of a mini angel list for their own mm-hmm. um, bank that, that sort of like lists all the deals and um, and, and so that's, that product is the only one that's a little bit different, but for the other ones, it's, it's generally the same because the laws are, 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 you know, generally the same for everybody. So Yeah, that's cool. Take us to like
0: the more, more general process. Like say I'm a business, I want to securitize some tokens, securitize, them. like what's step one, step two, step three, like take, what's that, what's that process like?
3: Yeah. So, so yeah. In the world of, of tokens, people usually start with a, uh, with a white paper that describes, you know, what they're, what they're trying to do from a, a technical angle or maybe they'll go into the details of, of how they, they see their token manifesting in, in the real world with, you know, some sort of executive summary that ties it together. Um, so uh, when we work with clients, we prefer that, you know, that white paper and the direction of where they want to go is, is is set in stone. Uh, we also prefer that they have a law firm that they're engaging with, um, and and that you know they, they're they're set up with, um, and so after that is is when we like to start talking to people, and and the reason is that we we like them to have a good idea of you know how they're going to be launching the sale within a uh, within a regulatory context because that sort of affects you know whether they can work with us or not, um, and so. Uh, once, once they have all that in place and, and their, their council knows exactly, you know, are they going to do a regulation, D private sale followed by, you know, a 506 public sale or, or whatever the structure may be, then, then we're, we're about ready to engage. Um, and, and then we can take them in. And, and so uh, that's when they start engaging with us. And then we set them up with their, you know, cold storage wallets. We set up the platform that can onboard their, uh, their investors and purchasers. Um, and and so that's that's when we usually get into the relationship.
0: Nice. Can you like for our listeners explain just some bullet points about the five hundred six C? Like, what is that rule? What is, what are they being compliant
1: with? Why? Yeah, yeah. Like, explain. Yeah, like, what's a general overview of like from a regulatory standpoint? What are the options that are on the table, and why those options uh, exist presently? Without going obviously into too much detail, but. We would have to pay you for that but <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, so because uh, based on the um, the underlying facts of how how these token sales happen uh, a lot of these tokens um, are um, factually securities um, and so uh, there are several several options to um, it, for launching these tokens. And so uh, the regulations that are at play in, in, in the U S um, are uh, regulation D um, there's regulation S. If you're looking to offer your, your, um, your sale more internationally and there's regulation A plus. Uh, then there's also a uh, uh, public offerings. Um, I, I, just, just in case uh, for, for people that are listening uh, it's best to consult with, with uh, counsel and, and, uh, you know, check with them first. Um, so this is just just, just informational. Disclaimer, he's uh, not
1: a lawyer. This is what <laughs> this is what he discusses in his day-to-day. Don't go run off taking his, his advice and saying, Mason said it on blockchain, so it's okay, and that's not nice. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> The uh, distinguishing factors of 506C are that primarily they, you can do uh, general solicitation, and, and that's the primary difference. So with 506b under Regulation C, uh, Regulation D, um, you can't necessarily um, generally solicit or or try to get the, the general public to uh, buy into your sale. But with uh, Rule 506c of Regulation D, uh, that's a exemption that does allow for general solicitation, um, and, and so that that one's nice because then you can do a little bit more marketing for yourself. Um, and the if we're looking at a Regulation D offerings versus Regulation A-plus offerings, so uh, Regulation D requires that all your investors from the U.S. are accredited investors. Um, and so there's some hoops to jump through for those. Um, and then for Regulation A or A-plus, um, your sale has to undergo an SEC review. And the benefit of, of, of going that way is then the purchasers don't have to be accredited investors. Um, and that sort of makes it a more uh more open sale to the general public.
0: Nice. Thank you for for clearing that up. Clearing that up for me personally. And the people listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh tell us like obviously you you know you've had to talk to you know a lot of different regulators, a lot of different lawyers in order to like kind of like garner that understanding that you have of the regulatory environment, which as we know changes constantly nonstop. Um so that being said, um, like how, um, how, how is your relationship with kind of like the SEC and like of them knowing like what you're doing, what you're working on, like are, like have you spoken to them, are they like your best friends, like do you guys text and send pics, like what's the deal, like, you know, <laughs> are, are, you, are you trying to like make it so um, like they realize that, you know, we're out here trying to like regulate accordingly and do our, you know, proper due diligence and make these offerings as uh, legally compliant as
3: possible. So, so the way we're structured, we we uh, rely on our clients' counsel to uh, structure the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, we are fairly restrictive about um, which which law firms we're we're comfortable working with. And so, in terms of you know, is this sale following the regulations? That that usually falls on our our clients' counsel. And uh, we do have you know an, an internal review process ourselves as well. Um, and we do have our own counsel as well that's guiding us on this. Um, in terms of regulation, uh, we haven't had any contact with the regulators uh, yet. We are opening up a dialogue starting this week uh, just as a uh, sort of informational session and see if we, to see if we can help in any way. But uh, we haven't had any prior contact um, uh, with, with regulators. So, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit about how we operate in that context. What are
1: some, uh, what are some substantial kind of like lessons learned that you've picked up? Like, what are some, like, what are some common mistakes that you see? You know, a lot of folks that are like setting up ICOs are just approaching and They're like, hey, I've got, got this great idea. I'm gonna slap this token on this thing. It's gonna be crazy. Um, like, you know, obviously when you're filtering through the noise out there, you know, you must see a lot of, um, uh, a lot of common error. I'm just kind of curious, maybe what some of those might be.
3: Yeah, the, I, I think, you know, because it's so easy to just launch a website and, and put up a Bitcoin address, uh, a lot of people move too quickly through the process without really considering the, the laws and regulations that, that are pertinent to them. Um, and, and so uh, we, we don't necessarily see, see those folks like coming to us, but we do see that on the outside, um, that people are trying to go through this process a little bit more quickly um, so I, I think the best thing to do is, is definitely uh, find find some reputable counsel and, and uh, engage with them early on and, and get a sense of what uh, laws and regulations are, are pertinent, you know, to you as a company, either doing a token sale or operating in the, in the blockchain space more broadly. Um, even, you know, even if you can't necessarily uh, afford to pay these law firms initially, just a few conversations usually helps you know, set people in in the right direction. Um, I think, uh, other, other things that, you know, I I would prefer people not to do is, uh, (laughs) a lot of people have, um, sort of come out offering to do, uh, white papers, uh, for, for clients. Um, and, and so these, uh, I I think this is sort of a, a dangerous thing that's, that's coming up. Um, uh, because w- when looking at it from the outside, it looks like with the white paper and a, a Bitcoin address, you can you know uh, raise raise a lot of money. Um, but it's you know it's a lot more complex. So um, i'm I'm sort of looking forward to this this whole thing formalizing a little bit. So I, I think generally, what would I advise is just you know take your time, do a lot of research, and and try to gather the best practices prior to moving forward.
2: Yeah, Thank that's you. really good advice. Um, to change up the conversation a little bit, Mason, I'd love to hear how you met your co-founder, James, and how you really built up your team.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, they don't hog all the limelight, Mason. Tell us about everybody else. <laughs> no, I'm <just> kidding.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so famous now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so I was very involved in the... Uh, uh, 21 community early on. Um, for, for those that don't know, uh, 21 is now Earn.com and, and they uh, their first product was a, a Bitcoin computer that uh, you could purchase, and you know had the Bitcoin software already in there. Had a bunch of great APIs for making things like um, HTTP HTTP enabled payment gateways and stuff like that. So it was like a developer's kit. And it was really
1: cool. And really loud.
3: <laughs> I had one I hate I hated it. I hated the thing. I mean, I loved it, but I hated it. I was like, oh man, this is not fun <laughs> to listen to all night. And uh, yeah, the uh, 21 community is actually how I met uh, Steven as well. And, and so um, I I, oh, yeah, I, I, held, um, I held a bunch of online hackathons early on there just to uh, you know see what we could build on the 21 computer. And uh, later on, there was another hackathon in the community, and um, I was asked to be a judge on, on this hackathon. And um, so, so this, this was like a, I think it was like a two- or three-week-long hackathon. And so um, all these submissions are coming in, and I noticed this, you know, one project, it's, it's very, very high quality. And um, so, but, but other than that, it was fairly, like, quiet. I think there was, like, five or six submissions the first week. Um, but then this, this one guy named, named James, uh, James Poole, uh, he decided to make five submissions, uh, to this hackathon. (laughs) And, um, uh, not only were they five submissions, there were five very good submissions. And so he ended up winning first and second place. (laughs) uh, That's that's hilarious. He's like, yeah, I want all the places. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) What an
2: overachiever.
3: (laughs) So I I think uh, his, I think the first prize was like an Oculus Rift, and like the second prize was a Bitcoin or something like that. And um, back then, a Bitcoin was I think it was around a thousand, thousand or twelve hundred (laughs) dollars. (laughs) He'll be reporting those capital gains, that's important. And and so fast forward, uh, I think it was about three or four months, or maybe six months. Uh, myself and and Justin O'Brien, who was at 21 at the time, is now at Coinbase. Um, we decided to hold a, a Bitcoin boot camp um, in in Palo Alto, and so uh, James used the money he won from that hackathon to attend this Bitcoin boot camp, and um, that's that's where we got to meet in person, and um, and uh, we got to know each other there, um, and it was at the um, the insurance blockchain sort of R and D firm uh, that I started, where uh, James was was the first hire into that company, um, and so um, we we've been working together since uh, I guess for uh, over a year now. Um, and so it's six o'clock when um, yes, yeah, when it came time to uh, start TokenSoft, we were both looking for something to do. Um, I think he, he was working on, he had a gig with uh, the Tyrion project um, at the time. And so it was after that that we decided to, um, you know, wrap this all into a company and, and do this formally. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how we got to know each other.
2: Yeah, that's a great co-founder story. I always love hearing how um, co-founders meet because it's such a hard thing to find someone that you can start a business with
1: yes yeah, truly it's truly a beautiful relationship <laughs> very loving uh, a lot of close quarters interaction so it's important that you got a good you got a good story there you know tell the kids um <laughs> <laughs> so h- how big is your guys team like so far um you guys scaling up well you got got a lot of big plans for this year
3: yeah so um our headcount is 9 right now um and we are looking at scaling up we're looking at hiring um i think we can comfortably take three, three or four more engineers in the next couple months. So if you're a uh, full stack or, or low level blockchain engineer, we, we'd love to talk to you. Um, yeah. Just go
1: ahead and show it. Go ahead. Do your thing. Whatever you
3: need. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, we're all based in in San Francisco in the financial district and, um, yeah, we're a we're a um, uh, we're we're very like low level team. We all have very low level uh, expertise. Um, so um, yeah, so we are looking to scale within the next few months, and it's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so you're trying to work with somebody pretty cool, which I can attest to because he's sitting right in front of me. Um, uh, definitely, definitely work with. Uh, uh, Mason and, and and reach out. Uh, it's a, it's important when to find um, leaders with uh, high EQ in the space. Those are usually the best people to work with. And I can uh, definitely uh, confirm uh, that's that's one of the reasons I really like Mason. Um, <laughs> he thinks he thinks technically, but he also he also thinks you know with his uh, uh his heart too, which is important. And that's also a, a big part of building um, really good teams is uh, caring about the success for others. And when you work collaboratively, historically. Collectively, um, like he did with James and his, you know, like kind of like that adherence and that, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, cohesiveness? Cohesiveness. That's a great word. That's a good, I was going to say synergy. <laughs> like that's like everyone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, and, and then that's, that's important. So i uh, really glad to hear that. So um, that being said, uh, before we scoot out of here um, and uh, Finish filling everyone's minds. Like, what's your what's what's some advice or anything that you could leave, uh, kind of just for the spaces we we look around and we're about to prepare for you know the summer and we're about to go into you know kind of another cycle here. Hopefully, of adoption as scalability um, becomes more prevalent and as these projects continue to mature. What's a what what's something that you think developers entrepreneurs should be privy about, um, privy to? Excuse me, uh, in this space.
3: I, I think um, sort of over the entire trajectory of of the space it, it's sort of built on the foundation of of two things and it's it's you know it's about the technology number one and uh, number two, uh, it's about not breaking the law. Um, and so it, it really if you do do those two things, I, I think um, you'll find find the right place in the space. Um, uh, especially like you know when there's a lot of noise, I think it's really important to, to, to remember where the foundation of all this all this is, and it's really on uh, technological innovation and doing things that traditionally haven't been possible with, with new technology. So uh, I, I hope the people entering the space um, sort of focus on, on on that from the bottom up, uh, building new technology and, and pushing pushing the space forward um, by you know creating uh, creating new possibilities. Um, and and meanwhile, while 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 you're doing that, um, you know, make sure you're not breaking the law because that's that's very important for uh, for for everyone. It's um, there's there's money involved, and you know, it's it's very easy to, to transfer money and 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 do all these cool new things. But um, it, it's it also makes it easier to uh, do things that you perhaps shouldn't be doing, and so. I think I think if if people follow those two things, then they'll they'll be in a good spot and really enjoy what they're doing and be able to do it for a long time. Yeah, guys, exactly. You know, mind
1: security laws. Make sure you pay your taxes. <laughs> yep. And uh, and don't don't promote security sales like that's that's bad and you're not supposed yeah. to do that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So again, you know, thank you, Mason. Thank you for you know uh, giving us this information. I was really excited about TokenSwap. Excited to be working with you guys. Um, on those various projects like at, at through as well. And it's been a pleasure working with you and look forward to continuing to do that in the future. And I wish your team the best of luck as you guys continue to scale and grow. That you guys find all the talent that you need to uh, create your vision because it seems like you have your head in the right place. And I think what you are building is very pivotal uh, to the industry as of right now. Uh, and I hope that you guys uh, see all the success. Awesome.
3: I really appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me. No problem at all.
1: This episode of Block Channel was sponsored by Bitcoin Cash. If you love Bitcoin, you're going to love Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash is a hard fork of the original Bitcoin legacy chain and features an 8 megabyte block size and a flexible difficulty adjustment algorithm that enables it to more easily handle large fluctuations in the network hash rate. Bitcoin Cash was created and quickly adopted due to its potential to provide a sound store of value and medium of exchange while still enjoying low network transaction fees and the security of SHA 256 proof of work. If you're interested, check out bitcoincash.org to learn more about how this asset can help you and how you can start using it for buying goods and services today.
0: We get bumps in a row, but it's worth it, nigga. We on a crash course. So, fuck the hurtless nigga? Getting grizzly. I'm here to better burdens with you. Yeah. This ain't the beast that you're used to. I just can't sing like I used to. In a different place, now I'm rapping different. Old friends need Oscars, they acting different. Don't count me out, don't make that decision. I know you're feeling, boy, that shit intuition. Gold medals, gold roots, double gold, Olympias, that's the name of the squad, don't you ever forget